Josh, I'm the host today, and we got uh, my lovely co-host, Kylie. Hello. And my other awesome co-host, Jesse. How's it going? Everyone says great. Um, <laughs> today we're going to talk about some some fun stuff and kind of get caught up on what we've been missing out on. Uh, last week we had the living room sessions with compliments to the one, which was a lot of fun. Um, it was a really interesting experience. I hadn't... I've, I've never like gone somewhere by myself with all the equipment and set up in someone else's house and, you know, did an episode that way. It was very interesting, kind of weird at first, a little scary at first. Cause like on my, on my way driving, I'm like, shit, I should have brought somebody <laughs> with me. Like I could be going to my death right now. <laughs> like thinking like, what if you're not even a real band? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I never met the kids. Um, but they were awesome. They were a lot of fun and I think they were just as nervous as I was. <laughs> so honestly was, uh, though, I listened, I listened to that whole episode and I really liked it. It came across as very genuine. Like yeah. you could definitely tell that those are genuine guys who really enjoy being in that band together. It exactly. was cool. They were I all really it. good friends and just really, really nice guys too. Um, so I, I liked, I liked being, doing that. Hoping, hoping for more of those uh, on-site kind of episode things because it, it's, it's fun, and my neighbors don't yell at me. So yeah, so if you're in a band and you want to be on the Twist My Arm podcast living room sessions, hit us up. Yeah, Twist My Arm podcast gmail dot com, um, or Facebook even just facebook dot com slash Twist My Arm podcast. Um, for anything else too, if you want to just send us anything, you can. Uh, Tweet us at uh, Twist My Arm Cast or Jesse at The Real Jesse Bailey. Um, we also have a Twitch account now, TMA Games, where you can go watch Nate and Jesse play some some games and make fun of how much they suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hear that laugh. I know that fucking laugh. I know that laugh. Ho, ho, ho. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, YouTube and Instagram too. Search Twist My Arm Podcast and you'll find us. Um, we also have a website that we're working on, twistmyarm.wordpress.com. Um, it's it's kind of in the beginning stages, right, Jesse? I think. I think there's some yep. stuff on there. Basically, but... it's just going to be a hub of everything. So there will be links to the latest uh, audio shows. There will be links to you know the YouTube channel. Um, everything will be on their show notes you know all the links that we talk about in the show can be found there it'll be 
basically just the hub. Um, right now, it's just a matter of getting everything sort of plugged in and automated so that we don't have to go there every time something happens. Um, and one more correction, again, if I could. My Twitch is the real Jesse Bailey. My Twitter is oh, just right. at Jesse Bailey. I'm, <laughs> I am updating that in my notes right now. Jesus. Yeah, just go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. I have I have both of those accounts and I was the first to Twitter and all the other Jesse Baileys were the first to Twitch. So, it's fair. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess you got to you take some and you win some, you lose some. I guess. Yeah. Something like that. So, speaking of the TMA games, um, if you get a chance today, later on, go check out the Twist My Arm YouTube, and uh, you will see that I am posting some videos today as we speak of the Gwent PS4 technical beta from this weekend. Um, if you ever played the Witcher games, oh, for example, yeah. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, you know Gwent well as the card game uh, within the game. So they've created a standalone game that will be released for free at some point, And it's the same people that made the Witcher three. So the quality level is very high. Um, I can talk about more about it later, but yeah. just and it, get over to YouTube a, and check that out. It's a card game, right? Like kind of a, like a, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to hear more about that for sure. I need to go. You were telling me about it like an hour ago and I didn't really have time to download it yet, but I might have to do that. So, um, yeah, so we're gonna move on to uh, the first kind of first kind of thing here. Um, last night, my band Acknot played its first show in three hundred and sixty-four days. In a year, yeah. It's <laughs> it's funny. My time hop today, when I woke up, my time hop was like showing me all the pictures from last year's show, and I was like, "Holy shit! It has actually been a year since we played a show." Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was it was in Greeley. Uh, we played with um, Poets and Wolves and The Retrospective and um, The Midnight Horrors and Chess at Breakfast. Um, Higher Intentions was also there. It was, it was a lot of fun. All the, all the bands were, were great. Um, they played really well. And the venue that we played at was fantastic. It was Syntax Spirits um, off of, what is it, I think 5th Street in Greeley. Um, it's, it's kind of a new little distillery, but everything that they serve there is made in house. Um, so I, I, I guess this week, Kylie and I decided to use syntax as our local like spot to kind of talk about, um, why don't you take, take, tell us a little bit about your experience at syntax, Kylie, and we'll go on from there. Well, I think the first thing I said when I walked in was this place is magical. There was twinkly lights everywhere and <laughs> yeah. there was fun decorations and they had, um, you know, the hangy down cloth pieces of art things, but they had like a projector light that like made it look like it was all watery. Oh yeah. It was super cool. And they just had like had a sweet vintage chair, like, and the a, like Chinese chest and there was a lava lamp in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the atmosphere was amazing in there. It, I mean, it wasn't too dark, but it wasn't too light. They had a really nice patio that you could go smoke on. Yeah. Um the the bartenders were really nice. Um it was really accommodating there. There was enough seats for everyone. Yeah. They had these really cool handmade ski chairs. Those were neat. And you could I think you can um actually 
contact the guy and have and, some like custom made. Yeah, and they'll make them for you. So. Really what do you mean by ski chairs? Basically, like the chairs are yeah, on skis? They're, it's like a bunch of skis like cut up and kind of formed into a like a patio chair. Oh, it's a chair you know made I mean? out of skis. Yeah, ski chair. That's, I, I was getting there. Don't worry. That's a big th- uh, Colorado like an, thing. It's like an iron... Like an iron throne, but yeah, yeah. it yeah. is, yeah. But that's that is a huge thing here in Colorado. Is people will make benches and chairs and uh, you know just pieces of art out of snowboards and skis. Yeah, um, very cool. Yeah, they. Uh, I, I recommend definitely going there. I, I think they're moving here pretty soon to get a little more into the town? actual town. It felt like it was the <laughs> middle of nowhere. Yeah, it was. It was like an industrial Greeley. It was interesting. Oh. So if you play Pokemon Go, lots of Magneton. Yeah. Lots of Magneton. (laughs) Yeah. So, but it, and they're, man, they're drinks. I want to talk about their drinks a little bit. Oh my goodness. What, what did you get, Kylie? You had some, there were some drinks that you had that I I remember one had like all these different fruits and like crazy what was that? Their drinks were so interesting. I did try a lot. Um, the first one I had, they had like a, a seasonal special and they made drinks out of like um, floral note um, alcohols and stuff. So this one in particular that I tried, it was so cool. Yeah, they, they had so many. I wanted to try them all. But the one I tried, it was called an iced rose chai. And so it had, um, it obviously had some milk and like it was chai flavored, but it had like, um, I think like lavender vodka and like notes of like floral, you know. Probably some rose water. It was rose, yeah, something. something. Like and it, it really tasted amazing. It was really sweet, of course, as you can imagine, but it was it was awesome. I enjoyed the entire thing. Um, so that was probably the fanciest thing I tried. I had never tried anything uh, like that. I don't but. know, that Bloody Mary you got. It was a Bloody Mary, right? The, with yes. The, the olives and it was the huge. celeries and the fruits and the, wasn't there a banana in there? No, <laughs> there wasn't any fruit, but there was a carrot and a there carrot, was like, yeah. there was definitely some neat things in a Bloody Mary that you don't, kind of unorthodox. Yeah, it was really tasty. Yeah. I, I saw it and I was like, I need to try that. I hate Bloody Marys with a, with a bloody passion <laughs> and like. I, I look at the drink and I'm like, that looks tasty. And I like just go pick it up and put my mouth on the straw. And she's like, it's a Bloody Mary. And the second she says Bloody Mary, it hits my tongue. And I'm like, oh, oh God, no. <laughs> but for someone that likes Bloody Marys, I feel like. It was so good. That was the most gourmet. What was that? Like, they were they were a little pricey there for their drinks. But it was... You know, honestly, for the like um, the fancy spirits and cocktails that they had, I thought they were pretty reasonable. That first one I was talking about was like six bucks, and that oh, was a okay. big drink. Okay. And then uh, the Bloody Marys was you know reasonably priced. I had a huge Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I think that was ten. <laughs> which with all the. It was about eleven bucks. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, there was like you know the all pickle the and all this there. crazy stuff in there. It was definitely everything. I think was definitely reasonably priced, and it was well worth it. Yeah. Um, and they the the bartender knew what she was doing too. Yeah, and so they, that's, that's a really good thing, especially going to a small town like that, where it, like I was saying, it seemed like that was kind of the the cool place for people to go hang out, mm-hmm. which is awesome for yeah. Greeley to have because they haven't really had that. I don't feel like Jesse knows more about Greeley than I do, but from from my <laughs> understanding, there's not a lot of cool things to do out there. And syntax was <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I the music and the the music scene in Greeley is always big. Right. Um, it's it's really more I think it's just finding the space. Um, I haven't I haven't lived in Greeley for years, um, but yeah, it, it's it's more about finding the space anymore. And I'm looking at photos of Syntax online, and the place looks really cool. It is and so I, cool. The only 
the only word I can really land on for the aesthetic is like it's very groovy. <laughs> it's it is just quite like, groovy. Yeah. Um, and it it's was got really... like this sort of retro feel to it, but it's Absolutely. very cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, it was super neat. And I, I kind of wish that we went over and checked over they because they had the spirits that they made side and then they had like a brewery. Right. right. So yeah, we they're... didn't check out. I wanted to at least peek in there because, you know, I'm a beer girl. Yeah. But I'm sure that side is like super neat. Yeah, and well, they and they make everything in house, which we were talking about yeah. earlier. Like they had the whole distillery, like on the other side of the stage, like behind right. where we played was the distillery. It, it, yes, and that was really interesting to see them kind of going back there and mixing things all the time. It mm-hmm. was like Walter White Breaking Bad stuff yeah. status. Like, yeah, the big metal vats and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> man, just like sticks, like big sticks, just stirring shit. And you're like, what are you making? It's it was definitely cool. But, I was I was really impressed, and I was I think the thing that impressed me the very most was that they had you know they had your Bloody Mary, but they had different levels of spiciness. They had your, you know. Um, Oh, what was that last drink I had? The Moscow Mule, but you could, you know, oh, have yeah. it with any any of their kind of vodkas. You could have it with whiskey. You could have it with vodka. Right. But we did try the chips and the salsa. Oh yeah, and the, all the of food. Because normally we talk about restaurants, so yeah. we should talk about the little tiny bit of food that we had yeah. at Syntax. And they did have like <laughs> cheese plates. They did have like really neat stuff that you would expect at kind of like a distillery, that kind of setting. Um, but we, in particular, they had seven different sauces to choose from, and yeah. we picked one. I think it was the Chipotle, and it was so good. <laughs> it was it, really impressive. And you said the chips were made. The chips were locally made. Locally and, made, okay. And on the menu, it told you who made them, and I, I should have taken a note of who that was. But they do have most of their recipes and like a lot of information on their website, how to make some of their drinks and where some of their um, locally stuff that they didn't make comes from. So Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's um, if you do want to check it out, that's SyntaxSpirits.com. It's S-Y-N-T-A-X, Spirits.com. Um, and it's, it's a super cool. Like... I don't know. I, I liked it. I have never really, I don't go to distilleries or breweries or anything mm-hmm. like that. I don't, I'm not a big drinker anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really go to, to try new drinks, you know, cause I just don't. Well, and there were know. people of all ages, like, you know, people who were there for the band, people who were just there because they were regulars. I saw, you know, somebody who looked like they were a tourist and they were like, you know, or at least not, maybe not a tourist, but somebody who makes a point to go to different neato places and like document stuff and take videos. So Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on their website now. Um, their, their drinks, their menu is huge, but they have things called the cue ball and mm-hmm. which has cucumber in it and the jefe caliente, you know, that's a kind of a, it's, it's a weird like hot cocoa kind of sort of thing with vodka in it. You know, there's, there's like a, a breakfast, there's like a breakfast menu, a lunch menu and a dinner menu with all these different drinks. Right. There's yeah. So the, not food that. necessarily. Right. But, but the, different the drinks, drinks yeah. like, like if you're a diehard alcoholic, <laughs> you could go there and get every meal's worth of drinks. And be satisfied. <laughs> um, and they did have a, they had a lot of your classics. They had, uh, Mitch had that uh, old, old fashioned bourbon. Oh yeah. He kept it talking about so the, so good. He kept talking about the old fashioned he got. Yeah. It was so <laughs> good. Um, in the Moscow Mule, like, you know, that's pretty standard at a lot of places, but yeah. that one was pretty notable. It was delicious. Yeah. Like I was saying, the, the bartender knew what she was doing. Yeah. So, and that's, oh, yeah. that's a good thing for, I, I've been to some, some bars in some small towns where the bartender's like, I'm the shit. And you're like, okay, let me get a white Russian. And she's like, how do you make that? How do you make that? So it was good to, to see that. Pretty and bad, yeah. Yeah. I know they're moving here soon to a different area, but 
I'm sure their website will tell you all about it. SyntaxSpirits.com. Um, check them out. They're, they're really good, especially if you're in northern Colorado. And they have all sorts of concerts all the time. Our, our good friend Corbin, who does Corbin's Corner movie reviews, um, hosts a lot of the events at Syntax. So, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll close it out with that. I Oh, let me say one thing. The bourbon there is fantastic. <laughs> Josh was a fan of the bourbon. I, I like I said, I don't drink, but yesterday I was like, okay, I get a free drink as a as a band member, and and I took a shot of the bourbon, and it just I was so warm after that. It was I call it, I call <laughs> and it, everything from there is just sort of a nice warm fog. Yeah, the burning bourbon, I called it. It was nice. It was very nice, and it made me forget a lot of lyrics. Instantly. <laughs> yes, that did happen. <laughs> it was it was a fun show for sure. Like I said, I haven't played in, in a year, and we I I texted uh, my drummer about a month and a half ago, and was like, "Hey, uh, I booked us a show for April," and he's he's like, "What? <laughs> we don't even have a full band." <laughs> so why did you do that? Yeah. So we uh, he he learned uh, all the all the songs on acoustic guitar, and we just went up and did a little acoustic set and. It's you know after after not playing for so long or even really practicing that much for so long, there were some times where I forgot some lyrics and one of the songs in particular, I I knew I was gonna forget the lyrics, so I started looking around the bar finding things to sing about and the best thing I could find was singing about the chair in front of me with the the table and the tablecloth and the awesome candle on it like it it worked really well nobody it, noticed no and and. <laughs> You know, the point of that is the bourbon was great. <laughs> Try the so, bourbon. <laughs> yeah. Try the bourbon and when you Try, go to Syntax. Try the bourbon, yeah. Uh, they had a lot of uh, but a bunch of little novelty stuff too, like candles and you yeah. can buy little shooters, little shooters and you could buy like some bottles even. It was shirts. It was hats. super neat. Yeah. Go there. Go there. It was a good time. <laughs> so we'll uh with the, we'll wrap that that part up there and just go check out Syntax. Check out all the bands that played that night. Poets and Wolves, uh, Midnight Horrors, uh, Act Not, Retrospective, Chess and Breakfast. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting one. but That's Midnight Horrors, Horrors, by the way. yes. <laughs> they were very adamant and, about that. And can we get, we'll get uh, some links to some of that music. Yeah, I'll have all that the, stuff uh, on the show notes. On the show notes. Um, cool. I think that was all the bands. Oh, Higher Intentions was the one that I forgot, yeah. All awesome. I'm looking to try and get a hold of them, all those bands, to try and get on here for living room sessions. So we'll see if that works out. Um, but with that, let's uh, let's move on to the video games part here. Um, Jesse, I know, has some things to talk about, so take it away. Okay, so um, if you go to YouTube and you search for the Twist My Arm podcast, you can check out our new channel. Um, today is the first day that our channel has had something on it. Um, <laughs> what it is today is, uh, I was mentioning earlier, if you're on PlayStation 4 and you have, um, oh, actually, I guess you don't even need PlayStation Plus, but if you're on PlayStation 4, uh, you can download the Gwent technical beta this weekend. Uh, by the time the show comes out, the beta test will probably be over because um, <laughs> it ends at like 2 a.m. Mountain Time, I think, or something like that. But um, if you ever played any of the Witcher games, specifically the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, there was a game within a game, which is like this card game that you can play with tavern keeps and people uh, around town. It was like a Red Dead different Redemption NPCs thing. and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, sort of. So remember way back in Final Fantasy IX, they had that 
Quattro Master card game or whatever it was, and it was like I don't monsters. I do. It was <laughs> monsters. <laughs> it was monsters from the game, uh, like put onto cards and assigned, you know, powers and stats and things like that. Um, so it's a similar thing here. They've taken monsters and characters and spells and stuff from the Witcher series and made a game out of it. Um, the really the really cool thing about it is that you don't actually need to know anything about The Witcher to play the game. It's a self-contained card game. Um, it will be coming out for free. There's no release date yet, but supposedly it's going to be spring or summer of this year. So hopefully sometime soon. Um, it's been in beta on Windows and Xbox One for a long time now. So it looks to be pretty polished, and you'll be able to tell that once you get to our youtube channel and check out our videos because man it looks great the visuals and the illustrations are amazing some of the cards are animated and it's beautiful there's voice acting for cards that you'll recognize from the series um if you don't know the series then it's just a very high quality very fleshed out card game um so and well, that's uh, what, what I went it? ahead and did. Is it youtube.com slash twist my arm? Is that I, I, I set this up? Uh, I can't we even don't fucking remember. <laughs> we don't have our own uh, URL yet oh, because right, you have right. to have like 500 subscribers or something to get oh. your own channel URL. Oh. Um, but if you go to YouTube and you search TMA games, it should pop up. Okay. Um, that's that's the same as our Twitch handle is uh, TMA games. Um, so you should be able to search that way. Otherwise, go to our Facebook and we'll have links there and things like that. And okay. eventually, we will have links to all of this on the website, twistmyarm.wordpress.com. So, so what I've done this weekend is I took all of the decks that are available in the technical beta and just made videos that are basically breaking them down card by card. So you can see what every card is in every deck that's available. Nice. Um, when the game comes out, we don't know when the game comes out if everybody's going to get all these cards or if they're going to give you, you know, 15 cards and then be like, okay, play your way through to unlock everything sure. or, you know, things like that. So I figured, you know, just get out the resource so that you can see what the full set looks like. That way, if you ever need something to check it against, you know, you can do that. Also, the music in this game <laughs> is wonderful. It's just wonderful. Nice. And you'll be happy to know if you did play Witcher Three and you really liked the music that when that would happen when you played Gwent, you can actually set the game to play to that music? The music from the Witcher Three. Yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty great. So give us a check. At, uh, give us a look over on YouTube. Um, TMA Games. I've got all the Gwent decks up from the technical beta. If you ever need somebody to play with, add me on PS4, JB42088, add Josh, blam blam, thank you. And don't forget to follow TMA Games on Twitch. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to get more of, I, I think I want to start doing some older games because I'm way better at like Nintendo games and it'd be fun to do like speed runs of Mega Man X and and Zelda and stuff and just kind of oh, do some fun. Little you have an interesting, things. you have an interesting concept of fun because I think that sounds very <laughs> stressful. I could be but... Mega Man mm -hmm. X in two hours, man. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> man. But that doesn't yeah, mean that, that game... I didn't spend years of like buying new controllers and screaming at my TV. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. So, it does happen. It was a, 
but yeah, I, I'm. I need to get more into the video game stuff too. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are kind of taking control of that because I'm so bad at <laughs> playing playing relevant games. I'm still playing fucking Black Ops Three and like, oh man, this new zombie <laughs> map is tight. Like, <laughs> Nobody well, been, what is know, it's not 2010 anymore. Well, yesterday you were getting me <laughs> all excited old. about Kingdom Hearts like package. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh god, yeah. we need to buy that. <laughs> well, it's because anymore all they have to do is remaster a game and put it out, and everybody buys it. Um, That's true. But if you're interested, um, Destiny 2 has finally been formally announced since we last talked, and they dropped a trailer for it. So I did. See if you that. haven't, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it looks great. I was if just you, did telling you ever, Kylie that did you guys, I would probably have to pre-order that game because all of my friends yeah, did play you that guys, game. <laughs> did you guys ever watch Firefly? I did a little bit. I, I, did I didn't not. finish the okay. season, but I watched a little bit. So that main robot in the Destiny trailer is the captain from Firefly. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and yeah, that's cool. The bald chick in that trailer is his first officer from Firefly. <laughs> wow. Like, there's so many people in this game. Um, the guy who played um, Davy Jones in, in Pirates? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. plays the speaker. Um, the guy <laughs> who plays Nathan Nathan Drake from uh, Fortune. Uh, what is it? Thieves' Fortune, Uncharted, Uncharted games. Yeah. The Uncharted games. Yeah, uh, he plays your ghost. Wow. Like there are a ton of people in this game. Yeah. So just a lot of familiarity uh, then. For the most part, because yeah, a lot of those girl are... from uh, Lauren Cohen from okay. yeah, I think yeah. she's from Walking Dead. Yeah. There's some Walking Dead alums in there. I mean, there's all kinds of voice actors in this game. Um, but as a Destiny fan, I have to admit the first game was really lacking on story. Uh, the lore was all there, but you couldn't just access it in game. You had to unlock it and then go read it online, right. which a lot of people really, really hated. Um, so it looks like this new trailer kind of makes it look like they're pushing more toward a cinematic storytelling type of a thing while resetting the entire universe. Um, you will notice they destroyed the main te- the main uh, outposts of the protagonists in this trailer. Okay. So Cade says, they destroyed all your stuff and they destroyed all of my stuff. So <laughs> what they're doing is... They're giving us a lore reason that they're taking away all our gear from the first Destiny game. And they're going to start us from scratch in Destiny uh, 2. Okay. So everybody will be on a, late, a level playing field. If you've never played Destiny before, now is a great time to jump in. If you're already playing Destiny, Moments of Triumph, uh, actually I think it's called Age of Triumph this time around, are still happening. Go unlock your cool class items. Get on Destiny. Again, if you need somebody to play with you, JB42088. We have a clan. We will play with you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I kind of wanted to, while you're talking about games that are lacking story, uh, Star Wars Battlefront is also rumored to be, Battlefront 2 is rumored to be, the trailer is going to debut at Celebration, which is in 12 days. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Um, man. So Battlefront 2 is supposed to have, like, the... They're doing this like strictly for the fans, you know. They they released Battlefront, I think, just to do it, and and it was it had no storyline. There was no like, um, uh, story mode or anything like that. It was just strictly online multiplayer. And now Battlefront Two is gonna have a story mode, um, along with the multiplayer and like a co-op story mode and stuff like that. So, I'm really excited for that to be announced. I think the rumor is it's supposed to come out 
around the same time Destiny 2 does. Like that, you know, when all the games come out in the fall and winter sometime out there. Right. But um, yeah, it's it looks like April 15th at 2.30 Eastern Time at Star Wars Celebration. They will be presenting the galaxy-wide premiere of Star Wars Battlefront 2. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and that's that's something I'm really excited for because I I was really excited for Battlefront the first one when it first came out, and then when I played it, I was like, wait a minute, what what the fuck is this? Like I remember the old ones for PS2 being able to go through stories and stuff and and go through like well, a, and one player mode, you know. Haven't they specifically announced or mentioned though that there will be a campaign with a story in it? Like, yeah, they, yeah, they have. Because of the backlash from the last one, they were like, "Don't worry, we'll fix that." Yeah, <laughs> that was, that's the whole main thing. I'm pretty sure Battlefront Two is going to be like really story heavy. Um, they'll have yeah. obviously they'll have the multiplayer stuff, but it's going to be a lot more story heavy. I think so. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see. April fifteenth. Um, yeah. God, that's so. I'm so excited about that. And uh, I guess, I guess with that, we could. Did you have any more video game news or? Um, just if you, I know it's going to be. I mean, you're going to have one day by the time the podcast comes out. But if you have PlayStation Plus and you haven't downloaded this month's free games, just go check out Tearaway Unfolded. It's from Media Ooh. Molecule. It's the same company that made Little Big Planet. I downloaded it's that, that game. Level of high quality. So. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. I it, haven't played it. It has but... this. It has this very um, physical paper craft aesthetic to it. Like everything is made of paper, and there's cool motion interaction with the Dual uh, Four controller. There's like it, there's a lot of really cool stuff in it. I'm really enjoying it. It's very cute. Um, it's a good game to play together with, you know, say, a girlfriend or a child or oh. a family. Like, it's a really fun game. Um, I really have liked it a lot so far. Um, but you're only going to have one more day to get that for free. So what? if you have PlayStation with PlayStation Plus, go get that. Go get that now because there's yeah. only one day left. And then the day after that, you can download Drawn to Death for free and oh, nice. start playing that that's, what that's I'm the game we for, talked for sure, about yeah. last time yeah and yeah. i did download tearaway i have it um on my like library i just haven't like played it yet so so the really cool thing about tearaway is that since it's all made of paper and everything in the world is paper you can save objects and then print them out and craft them in real life so huh. that's i mean that's like a cool on a little... like on a 3d printer or something or is no, it like you like print it out on print. paper oh, and, and fold it up into an <laughs> oh, object. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's very cool. That's fantastic. Very cool. So, yeah, Lord. I really like it. So, yeah, well, um, check well, those games out. With Yeah. And if you, if you happen to be, <laughs> if somebody in our network happens to have Xbox and the Games with Gold program, <laughs> we need to get them on because I know, I feel like we just only talked about PlayStation games, but that's because we're, that's that's cause we're strictly PlayStation Nintendo. I think Nate has, well, yeah. some, has an Xbox, but he knows. Well, better. and he has a Switch too. <laughs> so, like, yeah. <laughs> I just figured, you know, somebody could be in charge of that. Uh, those other consoles. <laughs> that, that other one, yeah. I hear Xbox is doing okay, but not for me. So, um, with that, we're gonna we're gonna move on to our Star Wars news, but not before a little music break. So we're gonna take a quick little break. Listen to some tunes, and then we'll be right back to talk some Star Wars. 
For Shelly. It's a new song they just released. Don't worry. Don't worry. They actually released it and you can buy it. <laughs> I know Blink-182 got really mad at me for playing <laughs> their song that wasn't even released yet that I dug up out of YouTube. <laughs> because of you, that down. <laughs> he's now going to have to wait a little bit longer to get his shark-filled wet bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bad. I actually, that's um, while while I'm on the subject, art my Star Wars has been taken down for the time being, because I need to go on and put a different music track at the beginning. Um, <laughs> my apologies, whatever record company I think it's MGM or something like that. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, BMI. But meanwhile, 
you can still go to our Facebook page and view our Star Wars and the Power of the Costume yeah. photo gallery, which is excellent. Yeah, it's it's probably more fun looking at the photos than it is listening to us talk about it. It's just me <laughs> crying the whole time, basically. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, eventually I'll have that episode back up when I get uh, when I get time to go back and I need to dig that episode up and edit it and stuff. So. Yeah, uh, anyway, we're going to move on to our Star Wars news, um, which there's a little bit, I guess. It's it's a little quiet over in uh, the Star Wars galaxy because Celebration is coming up here soon. Um, but there was a cool little article from uh, comingsoon.net about um, Bob Iger. Announced, he was announcing that they're, they're talking about what, what could happen after Episode Nine. And about what they, about what could be another decade and a half of Star Wars movies. So we could have another 15 years of Star Wars coming out. Now, while that's awesome and great and cool and fantastic to hear about, is that going to be too much, do you think? Do you is think, it going to oversaturate? Yeah, do you think that by the end of it, like people are going to be like, okay, I'm fucking over it. Well, I mean, the thing is that you could, I don't know, it's hard to know if people were like that at the end of the prequel trilogy because of the quality of the movies or if it was because of Star Wars. Well, um, I, that, I would that argue was definitely that quality. That was all about how they were written. And I was going to say filmed and it has like. to be because everybody kept watching um, Clone Wars and Rebels and things like that. So clearly everybody, you know, wanted it to be good. Um, and with the, with the level of quality we got with the force awakens and rogue one, I think it's probably a safe bet to say that the stuff that comes out for the next two years is going to be good. Um, I have no doubt it's going to be fantastic, but by the end of it, are we going to be like, that's just so much fantastic. Like I'm really worried. I, I probably won't, I guess, because I'm, I read the books and stuff. So I'm always looking for new fucking star Wars stories and like anything they can come out with. But I think for like an, the normal person, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking that by the end they're going to just say, you know, fuck this. We're not going to see this movie anymore. We're over it. And then they're going to stop making movies. So I guess my, my real point of this question is another question saying, would you, as, as a normal fan of Star Wars, I say normal because obviously, but um, <laughs> casual. <laughs> yeah, casual. Would you guys be more inclined to go see 15 years worth of star Wars movies, or would you be more inclined to wait another decade before the next trilogy comes out? We'll start with Kylie. Tell uh, me because you, you yeah. have, you've only watched a few episodes anyway. You haven't even watched all of them. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think I would probably be more partial to waiting the decade because I don't think it would be so magical if it happens so often, you know what I mean? Like, sure. imagine how you guys are so excited right now. People who are huge fans of Star Wars, like, if it happened every year, forever and ever, it'd be like, oh, another Star Wars movie. Like, sure. So it's it's like the, it's kind of like the Avengers. Like, oh, yeah. good, another yeah. superhero movie. Here we go. Right, right, and like, yeah, people watch it, and it's like still pretty exciting, but I don't think it would be as magical. Sure. So, what about you, Jesse? I think that specifically with the Avengers, um, the pacing is really well done. They give you one chapter of every character, you know, Iron Man, Hulk, 
Thor, sure. Ant Man. You know, yeah, they give you I one guess, chapter of everybody, and then they give you the team up movie. I guess they're on a now different they're giving level us chapter film. two and three of everybody else. Well, yeah. right, but the reason I bring it up is because the same company is in charge of Star Wars. So, indeed, my guess is that they're not going to be they're not going to be a movie every year. And if there is, it will only be a main saga episode every two or three years. Would be my guess. Okay. So. So it'd be like for us, spinoffs than it would be episodic right. things with the Skywalkers. So for us casual fans, we can be like, you know, we can call up our friends and be like, hey, is this one of the ones that I need to see? Or is this like I can wait until this is inevitably on Netflix or in sure. Redbox or, you know, whatever it is. Sure. Do I need to go see this one in the theater? Is it a main one? Or is this another one of those like side things where you're going to really like it? But some of us are going to be like, Oh, it doesn't affect anything story-wise. Oh, okay, you know. <laughs> so you're more, I think you're for more a likely lot of... to go see the the episodic films, the ones that are about right the bigger part of the story. Like I really liked Rogue One, and honestly, I'll probably end up seeing all of them so that I can talk about them with you on the show. Sure. But um, for a normal casual fan, the, some of the things that I've heard that people didn't like about Rogue One, I really liked Rogue One. But some of the things that I've heard that people didn't like about it was that. Um, oh, it didn't matter, and I didn't get to know the characters, and like it didn't affect the story. And I'm personally, I'm like, well, that's kind of the point, you know. It it can't. Right. It fits within the story that was already there, and it's well done in that aspect. You know, but funny. I, heard... I can I can understand why somebody would be like, why am I going to see a movie that doesn't affect the story? Sure. Like, I understand that. That's a perfectly valid and complaint. That's, that's great that you bring that up because I, I've heard over the last two weeks, multiple people, and it's funny because it's, you know, just recently that I've been hearing this, but since Rogue One has been out on uh, digital release and it comes out on Blu-ray, I think on Tuesday, um, they, uh, some of my friends have seen Rogue One now and they're like, I, they were like, I don't understand. I don't understand. They're like, where's Ray and where's, where's uh, Finn and stuff. And right. how the fuck did Darth Vader come back to life? Where, what's going on? Right. So it's like a lot of people just didn't yeah. understand what was happening in, in that movie. Like, I mean, I feel like they did promote it well, Disney, Disney did, but I also feel like they didn't, like, people went into it thinking it was going to be episode eight, you know? You can't, yeah, there's no way really to know where it fits unless you're seeing it with somebody who knows where it fits, I guess, now right. that I think about it. Um, yeah, and I just, I, I chuckled a little bit when someone was like, I didn't understand it. I was like, oh. Oh, but then I had to remember that, you know, I've been following this shit forever and I know exactly where it is. And so I mentioned, you know, watch Rogue yeah, so One guess, and then watch A New Hope directly after that. And it'll make a lot more sense. And so. So I guess my final point on it would be as long as they don't. As long as they don't oversaturate from the point of view of a hardcore fan like yourself. Sure. To where you get disinterested in whatever the next spinoff is, they'll, right. they'll be fine. Because there will always be enough hardcore fans going to see the spinoffs to support it until it gets to another episode. Right. I think as a collector standpoint, um, I might be a little upset about the oversaturation of merchandise. Because there's just going to be too yeah. many things to sift through, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm already having a hard enough time catching up with yeah. like Rogue One figures. Yeah. And... I still don't even have all the Force Awakens figures that I want because I can't find them. They're just so few and far between. Like you, when they when they're released, like people are waiting outside the fucking doors of stores to get these toys. So it's it's hard as a collector oh, yeah. to be like, man, 
I don't think I want to invest so much effort every single year getting these these new toys, you know. So that I guess that's, yeah, you'll that's have to make you'll have to make a collector decision exactly, and it's that's that's hard for me. So, are there any other collectors out there that, <laughs> that would give you give me their uh, point of view on that? That'd be great. Give me some sort of like pointers of how to collect because I just collect. <laughs> Just like, oh, Star Wars? Yeah, okay. I'll take that toothbrush. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I guess it's exciting to see that they're going to make more movies and, and keep it going. Um, I just really hope they don't they don't overdo it, um, especially after the old actors pass and they're no longer part of anything. I mean, I think that's going to be well, when, when, it, when it really just- gets... You know, when there's no nostalgia factor anymore. Right, when like they have to basically be... make an original Star Wars story. Yeah, which, I mean, Rogue One was, no, not, not even, because you had nope. Mothma and all that. Because that fit in, yeah. Yeah. It's I, been a long time since anybody made one that didn't have to fit something I, else. I guess I guess my biggest uh, question then is going to be how they're going to handle that. How are they going to handle doing something that's part of like the old Republic or something, you know, that's their own standalone. Well, so as a Star Trek fan, let me say a couple things. First thing, quit complaining. <laughs> Just be happy that you have this much to choose from and complain about and analyze. Just be happy. Just be excited that you're currently on the upswing of the great roller coaster that is popular science fiction. Just enjoy that. I am and second, sorry. secondly, no, no, you're good. <laughs> secondly, um, whenever they get done with this story, I can almost guarantee you they'll go to the past. They'll they'll tell a new, a quote unquote new story, but it will take place somewhere in the past. I really hope so they that do. they can so that they can go. Well, this also affects you know characters you know. It just won't matter for ten years or something. You, you know, because that'll be the only that, way for them to tie it together. If they go back in the past, they honestly, how old is Yoda when when eight hundred years old right. become? Like, they could seriously go back seven hundred years and do a young Yoda film series. Yeah, you know? I mean, and and, it would, and that's a good point. It would totally connect everything together. Like you would see him as so, a, as a young Jedi and. So what is it? April 2nd, 2017. Twist My Arm podcast calls that the first post-Skywalker trilogy will be set in the past okay. with respect to the original trilogy. Okay. <laughs> and I'll up the ante on that and say it'll be something to do with Yoda. There you go. That he'll be he'll be because, involved in it in some way or another. Because that's what they're doing. They When they go to make a new Star Trek... They're like, how do we get people into Star Trek? And they go, well, we need to get the nostalgia factor up. And it's like, well, how do we do that without just straight up making Kirk and Spock? And, you know, sometimes they just straight up make Kirk and Spock. <laughs> yeah, but I think they did a good the job way they of, do of that, rebooting it, though, with the time travel thing. Like, I know a lot I do of too. I really about time travel, but I think they did a good job. Well, and I really it. liked I really liked all the performances in the new movies. All those guys did amazing jobs oh, yeah. in their characters. They really did. Um but it's a valid point to be like, well, all they did was make the same stuff again, which they did. So, but now, you know, with Discovery, they're like, well, we're going to go a little bit further into the past of Star Trek and, you know, explore back there some more. And all us Star Trek fans are like, why can't we have, you know, what happened after Voyager or what happens, sure. you know, next 
time-wise in the Star Trek universe. And it's just like, well, because then there's no emotional commitment and we can't do that. We oh, need man, you guys to be emotionally committed from the start. Why don't they take out of the Star Wars book and use the children? Be like, this is fucking Captain Picard's kid. And he's trying to follow in the footsteps of his dad, or something like that, you know. Or well, they or and they Riker's could, but it, something like that, you know. Yeah, they could, but the thing is that, again, as a Star Trek fan, Star Trek fans would be like, oh, "That's so stupid that they just made a Riker's kid." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we it's it's too basic or something for us. Like, we just I think what we really See, want, and that's and why could you be, guys can't complain because you're too fucking pretentious <laughs> and anything that comes oh, out yeah, you're no, like, oh, that's not for me voyager <laughs> well and the problem is that we have a problem admitting our <laughs> level of pretentiousness but like i'm fucking Spock fully <laughs> i have full admission all the way across that it comes across that way and it sounds <laughs> that way but really it's just like we just want quality and we don't know oh, how yeah. to articulate that yeah and because we're nerds star trek is pretty so. notorious <laughs> for having like the right intentions but the worst execution right well the and i would argue again that the original series was exemplifies that to a t but the next generation was better oh, and it, you know parts of hands down next generation parts of like ds9 are best. better yeah sure. some of the movies are good like better executed like there are pieces of it that are really well done right um i just it's one of those things where it's like if they need to make if they need to make you care right away, then they have to delve into the past because there has to be something you already know about for them to connect it to. Right. So that's why I think they'll do that with Star Wars because it's some of the same people are involved and it's Disney. You know, they understand yeah. story building and world building. They, and it'll be you're in good hands. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, you know, and my only qualm with going back into the past is knowing like when when we went to the prequels. You saw Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker and, you know, the the Emperor and all that. And you're like, well, I know they're going to survive. There's no way they're right. going to die or anything like that. So they're always going to prevail in these movies. And, and I know that no matter what kind of, you know, uh, situation they get put into. So going into the past with anything, with Star Trek, with Star Wars, with any franchise and, and seeing parts of those main characters or something. that That's always a hard thing to, to get over, too, you know. But... I am right, because it, it solidifies certain parts of the story against conflict. It's like, well, this character will never deal with this, this sort of thing because he has to exist 40 years from now. Right. You're right. It really it really hamstrings the writers, I agree. So, um, I think, yeah, besides, besides that stuff and, and talking about all those things, which, you know... To in, to summarize everything and to conclude it all, it's I'm excited for Star Wars. Um, I'm a little bit nervous to see what they do moving forward, um, but I do believe that they're gonna do the best job they can, um, especially with seeing that last episode of Rebels um, last weekend. Oh my God, Kylie, Kylie, I want to ask you first because you've been watching basically this entire season with me. Yeah, pretty pretty much every debatable. every Saturday night. I mean, yeah, okay, you might fall asleep, fall but, asleep but you have, you know things. I do. Like, I do. You know what's going on for the most part. What did you think about the end of this? With you had you had Thrawn that caught the the Imperial saboteur, the one that was sending the rebels information. He caught him, and they had their little fight. And then Thrawn That's attacked right. them on their planet, mm -hmm. and just like like the master attack, like uh, war tactician that he is, like. 
he was he was gonna win if you know if things would have went the right way like as a casual fan going back to normal fan like what <laughs> what were your impressions on this do you want to see more do you want to see what happens because nobody died in this right so like what what would you be most excited like the storyline which one would you be most excited to see you got the Thrawn you got the the Ezra his his Jedi like him becoming a Jedi you got you know Freddie Prince Jr.'s character that's blind and you know where he's gonna go and then the whole rebel thing and in a whole like what would you be most interested in seeing any you know Thrawn what he's gonna do like that's why that's probably what I would say just because um I was like falling asleep in and out of it, but I do remember like looking over and being like, wow, this motherfucker's a badass. Like, (laughs) yeah. And so, so you're saying like to see what, what else he's going to do in this next season? Like, well, yeah. And I, I just like, I I don't know. I think his character is interesting because he's so freaking smart. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. That was the coolest thing about this episode is, oh man, here, here they are flying in with all their Star Destroyers, which by the way, one of the, Two of the Star Destroyers had the um, the light speed prevention things on them. I can't I can't like describe yeah, them. I'm trying yeah. to find everything for it right now, like trying to find all the des- descriptions of things. But basically, when when all the Star Destroyers fly in, the Rebel fleet's like, "Fuck, we got to get out of here!" And so they they're like, you know, getting to light speed and they start taking off. And as they hit light speed, it just like the engine like flutters, and it's like. You know, it goes, and they're like, what the fuck's going on? And then they get brought right back into the battlefield. So, like, these Star Destroyers had an anti-light speed. Um, They've been sabotaged? Did to get sabotaged? What? Like, they've been sabotaged? Like, somebody... Oh, the Star Destroyers canceled the, the Star other Destroyers ship's light speed. took the Rebel fleet out of light speed and brought them back to, okay. to the field. Like, basically, they tried to go out, and they're like, hell no, and they bring them back. Hell um, no. It's got to be so. This so again, as a person who doesn't fully understand their light speed, was that some sort of gravity-based weapon? I believe so. Um, they, okay, I I'm pretty sure they described it. And like I said, I'm trying to find like the the breakdown I'll look it up. shit. Um, but yeah, it, I'll uh, look it up in my own time. It, yeah, if you can find the the name of the star destroyer too, it, it's a cool name, and they. I think they're gonna kind of incorporate that with episode eight a little bit. They're gonna gonna bring that old oh that would be cool technology back. Um, but yeah, as they're sitting there, and you know they they have found the rebel base and they they're keeping them from from leaving and they're basically just sending every Tie Fighter out into space to just destroy all this shit. And and now like after all that's happening, Thrawn is like, okay, now start firing on the base, and so. All of, I think there's like 20 Star Destroyers. They all just start firing as, as hard as they can on the Rebel base. And there's a shield o- over the base that, that, you know, you can... When they show inside the base, you can see outside and you see all the, the fire coming in and, hit, and hit, hitting the shield. And it's just like the most depressing thing you can see because everyone is like, we're fucked right now. Like, there's nothing <laughs> we can do. And our shields are about done and they're just relentlessly firing upon us and and we're going to die right now. And like right before that, Thrawn is like, "Okay, cease fire. Prepare the landing troops." <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking just goes down to the fucking base by himself with his, you know, his buddies and and you know, by by a stroke of luck, of course, there's always some sort of luck with the rebellion, but um 
they get foiled and and one of Thrawn's uh, uh, captains of the Star Destroyers fucks up. He doesn't stay in line, basically, and screws up the whole plan. And so all in all, in a nutshell, the the Empire kind of fails. Everyone gets away. Nobody dies. And that's kind of the end. Um, It was a two part episode. And the first part was amazing. That's that's the whole like initial battle when when everything's going on and, and Thrawn lands and everything. And then the second episode was really underwhelming in in a sense. Like it kind of just ends abruptly. You know, <laughs> they get they get foiled and that's it. And then they get away and the rebels get away and and like Thrawn is like, well, I guess we'll uh, see him next time. So, so they. So in, in really sense, teased you, huh? They did. In in a way, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed because I kind of wanted to see a little more. I wanted to see a main character die. This is this would have been the time, bro. This would have been the time. I know it is. I mean, that is kind of what makes it Star uh, Star Wars, right? Exactly. I mean, and according, there's a lot of rumors that are saying that season four is going to be the last season of Rebels. So why not kill somebody off and then have the group like you know, pining over that over the next season and trying to figure out how to avenge his death and then finally finally figuring out who um, Urso is and, and all that stuff, you know? Like, I, I I don't know, man. I was a little disappointed at the end of it and I'm, I'm hoping that they redeem themselves with Thrawn. I'm glad that Thrawn didn't die because, you know, in, in the old uh, Legends books, Thrawn was like a superior badass and he lived for a long time he lived from the prequel era to after return of the jedi you know that was when he had died so i'm really hoping that they they keep that kind of uh intact they kind of keep that story where he's alive throughout um the original trilogy and all that stuff and even through maybe episode eight he's alive and maybe he'll right. come, come out of hiding you know um yeah because if it, uh, if they really want to start taking from the legends books, which it seems like they're kind of starting to do with just with Thrawn and how that's going out. Like I was doing some comparisons to the Thrawn books and rebels and some of the little story arcs are kind of the same. Like some of the little scenes you see with Thrawn, you're like, Oh yeah, that was an heir to the empire. Like that's cool. Hmm. Um, And if they're sticking to that, then in, in the old legends books, you find out that Thrawn was sent to the outer rim to investigate a threat that Emperor Palpatine had seen coming, which was, Oh, okay. Which ended up being the Yusan Vong. That was the, the alien race that came to the star Wars galaxy basically, and just destroyed everything, killed Chewie, killed one of Han and Leia's kids, like just wiped out everything. And so Thrawn was out there waiting for them. Sounds like the board. Yeah, exactly. It, it, that's exactly what it is. They're like this oh, nice. collective alien race that just wipe everything out. So I'm I'm hoping that they kind of stick with that and keep Thrawn alive because <sighs> I like him. I got a little well. That would and that would provide a good that would provide a good um, way for them to be like, here's our new quote unquote new Star Wars right. saga. If they decide you to know, go to all the future this instead of the past, then yeah, they could be like, well, and, and they could even bring. Because Thrawn is an alien that lives for a long time. His race is, they live for a while. And so he could right. honestly be in after episode nine. And they could bring him in to, like, say, episode 10. 
where he comes in as the Empire and he's like, I'm going to fuck all you guys up. And then you find out, oh, he's actually, you know, trying to tell people about shit or just trying to come back to the Empire to let them know what's going on. And then, right, you know, and then episode eight or episode 11, I'm, I'm just way getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be interesting well, it to see on- how they do it. Honestly, it sounds like Disney is taking great care to plan this because they know they're basically printing money. So oh, yeah. I would I would be optimistic if I were you. Yeah, that's true. Anything they do with Thrawn, especially. And with the like the old school fans, if they bring Thrawn in in later movies, that's going to bring them in more than, say, Rey is or something, you know. Not that Rey right. is a bad character, but... You know, she's just not as popular yet because we haven't seen as much of her as we have of Thrawn. So, I don't know. Makes sense. I guess, I guess I'm going to wrap that up and just say, I don't know. I hope Disney does a good job. And <laughs> whatever, if you don't, I'm still going to give you my money. God damn it. Um, I think that'll be the end of our... <laughs> it's going to be the end of our Star Wars news. I'm going to end that there with that. <laughs> Because it's time to move on. Um, I wanted to talk about some trailers that dropped out this week, um, or the last couple weeks. Since since we haven't had an episode in a couple weeks, I think uh, we had the Spider Man two or the Spider Man Homecoming trailer come out. Did you see? Wait. Uh-oh. Oh man, did we lose Jesse? Hang on a second. I heard him kind of. Was I just? There we go. wait. Did I become a Charlie Brown teacher? Yeah, you did. There <laughs> yeah. you are. There you are. Did you see the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer? Yeah, the new one that spoiled the entire plot. Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> you, you really think it? You really think it spoiled the whole plot? I become like see, not the whole plot, obviously, but I mean, all that's left is um, Peter fights the Vulture and loses. Iron Man comes back, gives Peter the suit back. Peter fights the vulture and wins. I mean, because everything else was already in the trailer. So I, I like I'm pretty sure I don't need to see the movie now. You know, <laughs> I will. But I'm pretty sure I don't need to because I think that thing, was Kylie? most of it. Do you think the same thing? Do you think that that movie was spoiled in that trailer? You watched it with me like three times. I'm pretty sure. I We loved it. But like, do you think it was spoiled? Through the, I don't, I think, don't think, it was, think so. I don't think the whole thing was spoiled. No. I think that they're doing the Come on, casual. With the, trailer no with the suit yeah with the suit come on man i know you see the suit stuff but what if what if that's some some of that suit shit is at the very beginning of the movie like we could have seriously only seen trailer it doesn't matter though because half of the movie (laughs) or the like the first uh oh my god act but it doesn't matter because it sets it all up like okay so let's say in the the movie starts with peter in the car and he's like how do i be an avenger and iron man's like well i don't want you to be an avenger man just like chill here and be you know friendly neighborhood spider-man in fact here's the spider-man outfit there you go and he's like all right cool thanks i'm gonna go be spider-man and then but he already has spider-man for a little while suit in uh, civil war well but he but the point is like you still see that he has that suit and that it gets taken away. Like, right. That should be a plot point 
in the movie because they're not they're not removing his powers right like they would do with a normal superhero movie like oh here's the superhero here's him without his powers and then he earns them back because he's worthy right <sighs> but he's not he's not going to do that they're just going to be like no his suit was taken away and he made his own suit and then really all that's left like i said is a couple fights with the vulture and then either he'll pull it off without the suit that tony gave him or tony will feel bad come back and give him the suit and he'll be fine like it's it's the problem isn't that it shows the whole plot it's that it shows you the setup for the whole plot and you know yeah. that there's a bad guy in it so it's like i just really hope you're okay. wrong <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's my I, whole thing is that i'm i'm hoping that that whole boat thing where he's you know you think that he loses everything from the boat I, I hope that's the first scene of the movie i hope that it's like spider-man going and you know he he busts the robbers at the bank and then he learns that they're actually a decoy for something on the ferry and he goes to do that and then the ferry sinks or whatever you know I, i'm hoping that most of that stuff from the trailer was from the like very beginning and that there's a lot more to it you're probably right. right. The movie was probably spoiled, and I probably do know exactly what's going to happen. But well, it's just that the it's just that that particular thing of Tony taking the suit away from him that should be an emotional plot point. Like that should be a big moment where a very established superhero comes in and goes, "Look, man, you're not a fucking superhero, and I know that because I am. So no suit for you." Like no he needs that that should be a huge moment, but they're like here it's in the trailer. Like <laughs> I guess hey. that's uh, I guess that's true. I I may I'm just hoping maybe there's more. I do God too. Damn, and I really I, so I really more. hope I hope there's more because it's like you know, how many soup Spider Man reboots are we gonna get? And how many before they stick and like well, according to Why? Sony and stuff, Marvel only has the opportunity. Well, after the second Homecoming, after the sequel to Homecoming, Sony can pull Spider-Man out and take him right. back well, and to they, their company already, and do their story. And with them coming out with the Venom and movie. As, as we talked about, right, they're coming out with a Venom movie. So it's like they're going to try and capitalize as soon as they can. I just, I guess the, it's like... There's, so I guess what's happened for me is that Spider-Man has been oversaturated like you fear that Star Wars will be. Sure. Like, there's just I think been they've been oversaturated in the wrong way, though, with different actors and right. different reboots exactly. and shit like that. At there's least been, Star Wars is con continuous. Agreed. 100% agreed. There's been too much disconnected Spider-Man for too many years in a row that I, as a very casual Spider-Man fan, cannot bring myself to care i guess is what i'm saying like i really enjoyed the first trailer that they put out for homecoming i was really excited sure. and then after i saw the second trailer i was kind of pissed off like... <laughs> i could see that well <laughs> well you know here's to hoping that there's more to the story than meets the eye and yeah that they're agreed. gonna add a little bit a little bit extra to it you know because it would be nice if, if it wasn't just completely ruined right now um agreed Speaking of something that wasn't ruined, Kylie, this is right up your alley. The new It trailer mm -hmm. was put out this last week. Terrifying. Are you excited? I'm so excited. that I think that was, I'm, you know, I really love scary movies, but I think that was the one that really, really got me as a kid. Everybody has that one. 
That's true. And I'm not particularly scared of clowns. It was like just pretty much everything else about Pennywise that's like terrifying. Just so. the, the, oh yeah, <laughs> like everything about him is scary. It doesn't. It doesn't even fucking matter that he's a clown. He's just scary. <laughs> I think it's. I think they got the scare factor on this clown spot on. Oh my gosh, yeah. The trailers were like we were like oh my god. You're like fuck no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> like looking back, yeah, at, it was creepy. At the Tim Curry, it you're like oh man, that's the clown that comes to my sixth birthday. Looking at this, it it's like this is the one that takes me into the woods and fucking cuts my head off. You know, well, yeah, I can't remember where I saw it. I really feel bad, but I'm sure it was somewhere online. But somebody was saying the thing about the original it was that it was like it actually wasn't great. Like Tim Curry was the best part of that whole thing. Right. And he was just kind of like he was chewing it up. But like it seems like the new one takes itself more seriously, I guess, and a little more like it's more yeah, it's more deep into the horror aspect of it, like the pure dread of like the unknown and the darkness. Like, yeah, yeah, it looks creepy. It looks creepy. They did a really, really good job. And there's some comparisons, like side by side, shot for shot things with, from the trailer. To yeah, the old that was movie. cool. And it's really cool to see like the scenes that that they made. That they're the same scene, but they're just shot differently. And it's so much creepy. The tone. Yeah, it's just a different tone, and it's. It's wonder. It's yeah. I really liked that. You should. We'll p- try and post that on the Facebook page. But that's yeah. really good comparison for sure. Um, what what was the thing that scared you the most, Kylie? About it, what got you the most? Um, I think being in the sewers and the drains and stuff like that. Just popping up out of nowhere. Yeah, like I I've told you before, I would stand like as far away from the shower drain as possible when I was like a kid. I I like I would like break my neck trying to wash <laughs> my like hair, you know. <laughs> I think that that's probably the general consensus of that movie. Because, you know, when I was a kid, um, Jesse, you might remember this. Over at Thompson Valley, our old high school, there's a little drainage ditch. The hill where everyone used to sled on. Oh, God. There's a little drainage pipe there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I used to crawl on that shit all the time. Oh, God. And, like, crawl deep into it and stuff and, like, see, see how far I could go. And, like... Up until I would do that up until I saw it. And then I watched it when I was like 10 and I never fucking went in there again. Fuck no. Like oh, ever. fuck no. I would look in there and piss my pants. <laughs> I think I so I, I I'm oh man. It's probably this movie's probably going to ruin fucking whole, you know drain pipes for me again. Yeah. And little ditches and stuff. After like well, and like even just watching the trailer, I think it was so much scarier because you know what's gonna happen. Oh like when God. the little boy's like little sailboat, little paper thing. Yeah, it goes into goes the in gutter, the drain and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it pops up. Ugh. Yeah, I so I yeah, I am excited for that movie. There's a there's another movie that um is very interesting that they're making. That's I believe also up your alley. Uh, Get Out. You remember Get Out, the movie that just came out uh, in February. Jordan Peele made it. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. So Jordan Peele is apparently in talks to make an Akira movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you I, watch the old Akira stuff? I did. I did. Yeah. We. I. I watched it probably just as much as I watched Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Stuff. Tetsuo. <laughs> <laughs> Are you stoked for that? I'm pretty excited. I'm like, it's, it, it, 
It's not going to be made for a minute. They don't have a director. Right. Yet. Jordan yeah. Peele's in talks. But just the fact that they're looking to make that movie. Mm-hmm. What What are your thoughts on that? Like going I, from cartoon to a movie. I'm probably about as stoked as I am about when I heard about Ghost in the Shell, which we just found out like actually came out. Came out yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So we should probably see that soon. Um, I think there's just with uh, anything when you're a fan of stuff, you're half super scared that it's they're going to butcher it and it's going to be awful and then half like really excited to see what they could do with it so sure what about you jesse did you watch the movies yeah yeah i so i love akira um when i the first time i saw it i must have been like i don't know 11 or 12 or so i mean i was young like it was probably too young to see that movie but um I really, really, I mean, obviously it stuck with me and I really liked it. And it kind of was part of my introduction along with um, Escaflone and Dragon Mm -hmm. Ball Z and the old Dragon Ball and all that kind of stuff into the anime world. Um, And when I first saw it, I had to go um, on like this two day searching trip to try and find this movie on DVD like mm. nobody had it because this was the what like 2003 or 2004 or they something and it was like Hollywood video. i just i couldn't <laughs> find it anywhere and like i found it i ended up finding it in like aurora at some specialty anime shop <laughs> where it was like here's a wall of dvds and then over here is all the creepy anime products that you pretend don't exist when you get into this hobby like <laughs> so it was like we finally found it though and we watched it and it was great and then two or three weeks ago i put out on twitter i found a stack of akira blu-rays for five bucks at walmart like awesome wow. <laughs> like that's the difference in availability now like it it's just but so if you can go get it and watch it it's awesome um but yeah, my first it's funny thoughts... i've never seen akira so it's oh my god well i have it I so you can borrow it, it so. um but it's my immediate thought is that that's one of those stories that the setting is really intrinsic to the story like if you don't if you didn't live in 80s Japan or you didn't understand like 80s Japan, like then the story doesn't make sense. Like if you understand the mindset of the people there at the time, like, you know, post-World War II, like um, communism fear and like, you know, sanitization of culture and stuff like that. And like the violent backlash and things like that is just like, it it really makes sense for when it took place and when the story was told. Gotcha. But without that without that setting, it kind of just loses so much of it. Like I wonder if they're if the they'll whole, modernize it if they'll make a different sort. Well, of the setting. whole point, yeah, I'm sure they will. You know, instead of well, and I guess here's the other thing is if they get a if they get the right director, it could still be done really well. Um, it's just that like. Well, Anytime that there's to, a, uh, a piece like that, go ahead. According to like uh, to to Jablo.com, um, Jordan Peele is the first African American director to have a hundred million dollar de- debut with a movie. Um, Get Out, uh, it let's see, got a ninety nine percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it right. made I think in its first weekend or two, it made one hundred and fifty million at the box office. Um, yeah. And so he's, 
from what I've heard of this movie, Get Out, too, it's it's written brilliantly. Like the way that that it sucks you in, and and the the characters are so good that you know you you want to see it more than once, right? And and so I think that you saying you know you're saying that if they get the right director, then you know that they'll be good. And if he does, if he is the right director, then he's probably a fan. I'm pretty sure he's a fan of Akira. And he's probably going to treat right. treat it well, you know, and and do a service to right. fans. So, but it, it, the only thing, I guess, the best way for me to illustrate this point is, um, anytime that there's one of those like critical pieces of culture, right, where it's like, sure. here's the problem with culture, and here's what happens when, you know, culture goes to the streets and the dogs and gets destroyed, you know, like, um, V for Vendetta. Um, lost a lot of its weight because we were not English and we didn't live through Margaret Margaret Thatcher. You know, like they tried to use it to be like, oh, this is how the Bush administration is and there's secrecy in America and, you know, elitism and they're doing all this same stuff like, you know, propaganda wise. And it's like a lot of that, a lot of those points were just missed on the American audience because they didn't live through that and they didn't have that. So they were just like, oh, cool. The English guy blowing stuff up and throwing knives. Like <laughs> the movie didn't do as well as it could all, have. And like you said, they made all their the, connections to the Bush administration. They were like, oh my God, this is such right. a good metaphor to 2003. Like, right. And and even the creator of V for Vendetta came out and was like, hey, if you want to criticize your country, make your own critical piece of it instead of using my story. Like, and he's notoriously a very grumpy person, so he probably would have said that anyway. But it's still, it's like, he brings up a good point. So I guess my fear is that some American director would just, like, miss the spirit of the movie. This sounds so pretentious coming out of my mouth, but I guess that's the only way. That's probably the only way to describe it. So yeah, I could see that. But so on a scale of I would one have to faith. Ten, how excited are you about Akira? I would, I would have faith that if they get a good oh. director, it will work. Okay. Sorry. Go so, ahead. So, so then on that on that note, what on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you about this movie getting made, Jesse? <laughs> um, I would say I on my excitement scale, I'm at like a six or seven. Um, on the plausibility scale, I'm gonna sit at like a two or a three because they've been talking about making a live action Akira movie for like twenty years. So, what about you, Kylie? <laughs> Um, I would say probably about a five or six on the excitement factor. Like if it, if they did, I would absolutely go see it. But again, I think I agree with Jesse on that one. It's not the first time I've heard that that was going to happen. All right. Well, on a scale of one to 10, I am zero excited. I have no idea anything about this. So (laughs) maybe, maybe once I see more and watch the movie, I'll be a little, I will. Yes. You can borrow my copy of Akira. Um, something I am excited about that we will, that is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And they have Ooh. confirmed the casting of Sylvester Stallone and Michael Rosenbaum. Now, listen, I found this article yesterday, which I know yesterday was April Fool's. <laughs> but look, I did my research, okay? And this this article was yeah. actually made on Tuesday, March 21st at 10 a.m. on Blaster.com. So, this is legit. <laughs> this wasn't Legitimacy April Fool's. confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it has Sylvester Stallone and Michael Rosenbaum. If you guys remember Michael Rosenbaum being Lex Luthor in Smallville and that one weird guy in uh, sorority boys. Um, 
they are playing god i now now i lost it i don't want to get them uh i don't want to get them confused oh where was it at oh uh adam are they playing some elders or something Mm, i believe uh i believe sylvester stallone was playing adam warlock oh Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. very cool and um now i i have the wrong article saved god damn it (laughs) (laughs) professional podcasting uh Stallone, fucking internet. <laughs> I need some elevator music. Really quick, actually, if we could, um, while you're looking that up. Yes, please. So, on on the anime note, uh, ending from the Akira segment, um, uh-huh. Netflix did also drop that trailer for their original live action Death Note movie. Oh I yeah, think since the last we time we talked. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I again apprehensive because that's a lot of story to cram into two and a half hours. But if you haven't watched Death Note, go watch Death Note. It's on Netflix right now. I, Just okay. watch it. I will. It's pretty neat. I haven't yeah. seen it. I think so. you'd like it, Josh. Okay. What what did tell me about it, Kylie? Um <laughs> I'm Give me sh- give me a a quick summary of, of the movie. Or what? It, what the story is about? I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm pretty sure Jesse. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the one with the big ass fucking scary. It's got like the. It's not a monster the, of sorts. A demon. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah. sure. Okay, I just <laughs> so want to make sure it's the, the same one. <laughs> yeah, the premise of the show is that this god of death, this demon, um, has a notebook, and his job is to write down the names of humans when it's time for them to die. So when he writes their names down, it, it causes them to die and their soul goes to the underworld and he absorbs their life force and, you know, lives longer. As so a he's demon. like the Grim Reaper? Kinda? Or, or a god of death. Yeah. And there's a whole race of Grim Reapers that live in the underworld and they all have this job. So one day he's he gets really bored and he wants something to do. So he drops his notebook into the human world and oh. this kid, this high school kid picks it up and inside the front page of it it says whoever's name you write in this notebook will die and the kid takes it home and tests it out and finds out that it works and that's i mean that's like the first 10 minutes of the first episode and it's nuts like what would you do if you found that how would you react you know how do you feel about how this kid reacts like it's such a well-written like drama detective cat and mouse um back and forth mystery piece it's great fun okay and you said it's on netflix now yeah it's currently on netflix um it's been on netflix a few times and then it left but i would assume that if they are making a live action movie they must own the rights to it now so watch the series before you watch the movie because the series will probably be better but Yay for the movie. Uh, Willem Dafoe is going to play the creepy god of death. Oh, So cool. all they really got to have to do is give him yellow wow. contacts. <laughs> oh, shit. He doesn't even need makeup or anything. That's fucking sweet. Yep. Yeah, well, so... and that thing's like really, it's pretty, it's pretty gruesome looking. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's sure. very creepy. It's a good show. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. I'll definitely do that. Um, and according to IGN.com, 
back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Sylvester Stallone is indeed starring in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And Stallone and Rosenbaum's characters are somehow related, and they're both very important to the Marvel Universe. That is coming from uh, James Gunn, who is the director. Very cool. So I guess they haven't revealed. I must have seen some fucking like fan thing, fan theory saying what they're going to be. But um, I'm really enjoying yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise so far. Like it seems to be their less serious. Like, but wouldn't it be cool if we just did this? You know, yeah. like it, it seems like they're fun there. franchise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that comes out May fifth. So little little over a month away so that's exciting um i think we only had a couple oh okay our last topic i wanted to i haven't seen it yet there's three movies that we need to see and we're going to start tonight by seeing logan Mm -hmm. and then we're going to see beauty and the beast and then we're going to see power rangers Mm -hmm. jesse i know you went and saw power rangers this last week and i did knowing that we're going to go see it why don't you give us a spoiler free review of the movie and what you thought I about. will. So um, before I start, I would like to remind you guys that I was very critical of this movie when I was seeing the previews of it. Yes, you I were. was like, I was not excited. Like, I, I, I did not find, like. Uh, I should go find some sound bites. I'm not going to, but I yeah, <laughs> I did not like the design of Alpha Five. I still have qualms with it, like just the way he looks but I'm kind of over it. Um, And I thought that the cheese factor was going to be a little too high for me. Like Mm. even as a person who used to watch power Rangers. (laughs) So, (laughs) so let me start by saying that I was very pleasantly surprised. I really, really enjoyed myself. Um, There was maybe one, maybe two points where I thought the cheese was all the way to the maximum. Um, (laughs) But those were understandable and forgivable given the circumstances. Um, The thing that I really liked about it was, you remember in the old Power Rangers intro, they would go, Alpha, bring me a group of teenagers with attitude. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then, and then he found like the five most popular students in class. Like, (laughs) <laughs> this guy is, you know, super ripped, looks great. They're all happen to be on the karate team, you know, and the You're girls right. are gymnasts and cheerleaders. So it's like, oh, they all have a reason to be, you know, physically active. And, you know, the black guy's a dancer. So That's everybody fun. knows how to fight, you know, like it was just like <laughs> you, you asked for teenagers with attitude and you got a bunch of fucking like, you know, valedictorians type <laughs> students which which as you know you understand because it's a show for kids and they want to have good role models and stuff like that sure. <laughs> um but this is 2017 with, right and <laughs> kids are you know kids are a little more intelligent nowadays supposedly so they they upped the intelligence factor of the kids in the movie like instead of being you know 17 and squeaky clean it's like they're all between 16 and 18 and they're all, you know, in detention or they have, um, you know, some sort of they're reason that they're not cool. attitude now. Right. 
yeah like they so the the one kid has like moved schools a lot you know so it's like oh that kid doesn't make friends easily instead of them all being like oh hey guys let's all be pals right away you know like they they actually managed to normalize it all without which i think is what brought the cheese factor down it, it felt very organic and um not only musically but thematically felt very stri- similar to stranger things like it was based on young characters but it didn't feel like it was for kids you know what i'm saying right so but, it had that so it's it's just yeah a it had that real. air of right and it had that air of familiarity like oh i remember being a kid and feeling that way you know without shoving it down your throat like hey let's play gi joes you know <laughs> like it was it was very well handled there was nothing too ham-fisted about it um the thing that I really, really liked about it was that they they took the first like four minutes of the movie to set up all of the backstory. Because nice. I remember as a kid in the show, there really was no backstory. They right. were just like, you're Power Rangers now and there's a bad guy. And I Go know she's him. bad because I'm telling you she's bad. Right. Like the first four minutes of this movie is like all of the backstory that you ever wanted as a kid. It's, it's great. That's and then... Good. Brian Cranston as Zordon was amazing. It was, it has the right level of authority to make you, you know, believe what the character says and things like that. He has that nice fatherly uh, furrowed brow, you know, (laughs) and also I didn't know this, but did you know that he played like a bunch of the monsters in the original Power Rangers series? No, like he would dress up in the costume and kick over the cardboard. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he would um he would do the voices because oh. the original Power Rangers series from when we were kids was, was actually a Japanese, a Japanese series. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they just cut all of the the combat into that's why, that's the, why all the characters shot of American in costume actors. were smaller than the characters. In, right. In the exactly. <laughs> They're all six inches shorter than the actors, you know. But yeah. So they would need to dub over the monster's voice okay. and they so they hired Brian Cranston who was, you know, like a struggling working actor at the time sure. to do a bunch of those voices. That's like funny. Yeah, funny. it was really cool. So like, he's been he's in, um, had a relationship with Fox for a long time then. Forever. Yeah. yeah. Um so then uh Rita Repulsa is played by Elizabeth Banks. Oh, she yeah. was Fun. She was probably the part of the movie that I had the hardest part, uh, hardest time getting used to. Like, because because she's kind of a funny, like, yeah, blonde character. Not even that. It's just it's this. just like, I, I guess it was I was trying to see Elizabeth Banks, and you can't like you cannot see her in there. There's, she's too weird looking. Like, oh, wow. the, the makeup and the effects are too much. Like, she just looks. I think it's her eyes because she already has large eyes. Okay. So they emphasize that and she looks just really, really creepy. But that's good. They handled, though. yeah, it, it's, they handled everything in the movie really well. Um, the characters' relationships, the character development, nothing felt like it was forced down my throat. Um, I really enjoyed it. There are definitely some cameos that you'll need to keep your eye out for as okay. a Power Rangers fan. Okay. Um, and then. I was reading as I was leaving. Oh, uh, sit through it until I think halfway through the credits. They did like a Marvel mid credits scene okay. thing. So okay, sit, cool. sit through for that. And then um, as I was leaving, I was reading uh, the head of the studio. I think it was Lionsgate mm-hmm. um, was saying, 
yeah, if this does well, you know, we might do six or seven sequels. Yeah, so I heard that they're gonna do a shit ton more movies. Get, yeah, get ready for Power Rangers movies to start coming fast. Um, my guess is that they use this movie to set up all the characters because there is a lot of characterization. Oh, I'd yeah. say the movie is, I'd say the movie is sixty-eight, you know, thirty-two percent uh, story to action. Okay. And characterization to action, but that's okay because I think they're setting it all up so that all the movies from here on out can just be fun. Sure. Sweet. I I'm recommend it. Very... Overall, I give it a seven and a half out of ten. Okay. Looking forward to seeing that for sure. Can I? I just want to ask one question about it. Did Alpha yeah. Five say I I I I I Zordon at any point in time? Do Do you, do you really even need to ask that though? Oh, like, thank God. If I had, if I only had one question, if I only had one question to ask, I would ask, "Did they say go go Power Rangers?" That's what I would ask. No, I, they but, said it in the trailer. They they say it in their go like the the headlines or whatever are go go, and then it's like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers coming out March whatever. Well, yeah, of course. Hashtag it's Morphin Time. <laughs> oh man yeah i don't want to know about that i want to laugh in the theater hearing that for the first time <laughs> <laughs> um sweet do we have anything else to do you have anything else you want to cover kylie no not today no our kitty is a bastard he's doing real good right now <laughs> as always yeah because he's he's tired from running from over everything, being a like, bastard <laughs> all day God, <laughs> the minute we wake up um what about you jesse you have anything else did you want to cover at all um just a quick reminder go check out um the twist my arm youtube channel we've got all of the gwent decks up for the ps4 gwent technical beta this weekend um if you need somebody to play with you can add josh on playstation 4 blam blam thank you you can add me jb42088 you can follow us on Twitch at TMA Games. You can follow me on Twitch at the Real Jesse Bailey or on Twitter at Jesse Bailey. Check out our Facebook. We're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, really anything you can think of. Um, don't forget, go download Tearaway Unfolded. Go download Gwent Technical Beta while you still have time. Go get September 8th off work for Destiny 2 like I did the moment the trailer dropped. Just do whatever you have to do. Other than that, I don't think I have anything else. Sweet. Um, that's great. We have some upcoming guests, I think, next week. Next week's a little up in the air. Um, we're still kind of trying to get the person down. Um, but the week after that, we have a – it's going to be a really fun discussion with my friend Annie talking about religion and stuff. Oh, that'll be um, fun. She went to college for – like one of her uh, degrees is in religious studies. So I'm really excited to kind of just – branch out from the norm on this show and talk about something a little interesting. Um, then of course we got a normal Corbin's corner at the end of the month, uh, living room sessions this week or this month is going to feature our friend Ryan, who was supposed to be on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, when we had all the technical difficulties, Ugh. Um, apologies to Ryan. Yes, indeed. We will see you very soon though. And I'm excited to have you on. Uh, we also have a glass blower coming on. Um, his name is Paul. He, fixed my hookah for me he fixed my stem and i was like dude i really am interested i want to know more about like blowing glass because i don't know a lot about that i smoke a lot of pot and i have a lot of pieces <laughs> but i don't know anything about how they're made and like some of the short short videos i've seen are very intriguing yeah. so i think it'll be fun to have him on here plus he's a he's a nerd like us so 
then we have, uh, I think, May's, May's Living Room Session is going to feature, uh, I believe it's going to be James Jukes, who is a DJ. That'll be a fun one. Um, that does, he does DJ night it's, uh, every, every Monday at Gennaro's Italiano Restaurant on Broadway and Vassier. Um, go check him out. He's he's a he's a really fun DJ and he's a really cool guy. Um, so he'll be on in May, and then we have another band coming on. I don't think they're gonna do a, a set or anything, but it's gonna be a couple friends. They're artists as well, so we'll have a little art talk on that one. Um, other than that, that's about all we got. If you want to be on the show, uh, like Jesse was saying, um, email us at twistmarmpodcast at gmail.com. Don't just email me if you want to just come on here and like fart in the microphone. Like if you have something cool <laughs> that you want to talk about, like some really or in a band or if, if you're an artist or an interesting hobby, if you own a restaurant, if you even maybe if, you, yeah. if you're a manager of a restaurant, you want to talk about your particular one. I'm not saying a manager of a McDonald's or something, but like a local restaurant, yeah, we can- you know. We can fart on our own microphones. Yeah. We don't need anybody else for that. We can take care of that. Indeed. We're trying to outsource the content, not the normal stuff. Yeah, please. Um, but yeah, just uh, be in touch. Find us on Facebook. Share with your friends. Um, we're we're almost at a thousand plays right now, which is incredible to me. Um, I'm blown away at that. So share with share with people. Let's let's get that thousandth play and even farther. Let's 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 boost this thing up. Um you know. Cheers and thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Twist Modern Podcast. I'm Josh. Stumble I'm Jesse. on the pavement. They're strapped tight to bed. They've got a fetish for sheep. Straight jacket sheets. But I've got Randy and Newman in my head. This is no coin fed day. It's gloomy, blue, and cold. So let the muggings occur. I feel secure. They say that I'm peculiar and oh, I don't know, I don't care I'll be waiting for you there Crave the chill, bathe in black All the ghouls and fiends attack Knees go weak and I swoon Underneath the pallet moon Praise the night, oh, praise the night only time I feel alright Under the sun got stare I wince and blossom hives Counting the fractions of days Riding away As businessmen just drink away their lives But when the stars once shy come blue